Welcome to Tuned In Dialed Up, a podcast about podcasting. I'm one of the hosts, Gavin, and I'm joined by Will, as usual. Hello! I just shortened the word usual because I'm cool. (laughs) I liked it. Today, we're going to have some fun. It's been a while since we had some fun. Actually, the last episode was pretty fun, wasn't it? Last that was, episode that was, was very a, fun. That was a spoiler. <laughs> ahoy. I'm still locked in the like, the last episode was so hardcore. And, uh, uh, that's still <laughs> stuck in my head. So since we're going, this is in no way related to, I can't fake a segue into this. We're just going to do something <laughs> stupid. Uh, my girlfriend and I went to a ginormous, very colonialist grocery store in Ohio when we were on a trip recently and picked up a bunch of wacky sodas. Uh, I have one in my hand called Werewolf Howling Ginger Beer. Uh, I got a text from Jordan while I was out at work that said it hurt. (laughs) I am so jealous. (laughs) She said it hurt, it burns, it's not fun. This Um, sounds ideal. You know, I'm into a good ginger beer. I like them. I will say this. Underneath the nutrition facts, it does say, all caps, very hot. Drink with care. <laughs> now, it has Maybe been they're open. just saying it's attractive. Eh, it's not that attractive. Uh, <laughs> not to you, Gavin. Don't yuck a yum. I, I will, I will D- yuck this thing you know, yum let's... if it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I will say, it does smell strongly of ginger. And usually ginger beers don't do, ginger sodas don't do that. So I'm a little worried. So here we go. No, yeah, that's basically just pure ginger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sounds ideal. It sounds fantastic. Oh, no. I thought that had water in it. Okay. Well, it looks like I'm just going to food challenge this one out. Because this, oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like I just ate a piece of candy ginger without the candy part. That sounds great. (laughs) Um, each episode, we usually start out talking about our shining moment, something fun that happened in the last two weeks of the podcasting world since we last made an episode. Yeah. Will, what are you, what are you feeling this time around? My, I think the thing that is most exciting for me in the podcasting world right now, maybe a little self-absorbed, but I would say that the most exciting thing is that we opened up from the sound up and I'm really stoked about it. So for listeners who are just joining us or maybe don't remember, et cetera, et cetera, From the Sound Up is a contest in which podcasters like perhaps you um, submit an episode to Gavin and I that we will critique with you in an interview on an episode of Tuned and Dialed Up. It is open for just about anyone. You can find it on our website at dialeduppod. Dialeduppodcast.com. Dialeduppodcast.com. Oh my god, it totally is dialed up podcast at WordPress.com. <laughs> you say it every week and I always forget. Including I'm so bad the week at I, week I edited out you saying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but you can find all of the rules and everything at dialeduppodcast.wordpress.com. We've gotten some submissions I'm very excited about, but I would love to see some more. And if you submit, and um, you're one of our finalists. We're picking three finalists. You will be able to be on an episode of the show with me and Gavin. And we'll talk about your episode and tell you what we loved and tell you what things you might want to do better in the future. It's going to be kind and it's going to be fun. And I'm really excited about it. So that is my thing. It'll be fun. And it'll yeah. be not mean in the slightest. Actually, that no. sounds like I'm being sarcastic. No, it'll be fun. No, it genuinely like, won't be. It will be. It will be fun. Yeah, it'll be great. Gavin, what's your thing? 
mine isn't a specific thing. It's more that just I've had a good streak of trying new shows recently because, like, Ooh. I went through a period where every show I tried was just, like, kind of, eh. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I've been through three or four in the past week or so, and two of which are getting recommended today. Both shows Ooh. I talk about today I haven't been listening to for more than a week. One of them I started listening to about three hours ago. But the episodes are 10 minutes, so I've been through three, and I feel free to... Also, it's recommended by someone from uh, the podcast Discord and podcast Twitter that I uh, respect the opinion of, so I feel pretty safe in talking about that. But yeah, it just Ooh. it's nice to feel like the community's chugging along pretty nicely, and it's not just like, okay, so two weeks from now, there's a new Amelia project, and fuck, fucking nothing's gonna happen between now and then, <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> When you're finding new fun stuff and it's not just the use of like, okay, bim bam, and then Adventure Zone's going to be late, so don't expect it the day it's supposed to come out. And then... Hey, speaking of, wasn't that today? Wait, what? Was, isn't yeah, today it is supposed the 15th. Oh, isn't this supposed to be Taz Day? Yeah, it is supposed to be Taz Day, isn't yeah, what it? what the fuck? I made a joke and it came real. Gavin, Damn <laughs> you it. jinxed it. Well, hey, the second to last episode of Serial went up on time, so hey. Oh, hey, that's another hooray. Uh, guess who gave up on Serial? It's me. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, uh-uh. I'm out. <laughs> I'm still chugging along for the uh, morbid curiosity of it, but... I don't blame you. It's, um, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, sh- well, here's the thing. Uh, there's that New York, New Yorker, almost said New York Times. There's that New Yorker I know, I piece. I that too. Um, that New Yorker piece has uh, some opinions, capital O, about fiction uh, in podcasting and also presents yeah, the idea is... that Sarah Koenig is faking naivete to uh, <laughs> yeah connect with the audience and one that that is me on my bullshit like that is such a nice conspiracy theory that i would come up with um i'm glad <laughs> someone else said it bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it makes perfect sense that's the other thing yeah. it's like and and we should say that this this um article we're talking about is some is yeah no New it's Yorker, not a good yeah. slippery slope blah 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 podcast yeah, 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 yeah. a hot take also yeah. it falls into being a perfect parody uh, or it, it falls into being a yes. New Yorker <laughs> parody by yes. giving serial crap for using narrative techniques that S Town uses, but right. the same article praises S. Calls it literally a masterpiece. You slap a Confederate flag on something and add in some pithy life advice, and anything Southern is suddenly this fucking Faulkner gothic oh my god it's a slice of life from the forgotten America Ooh, like mm. yeah no that that was <laughs> that was just the perfect yeah satire of itself don't read that article just don't don't read that but article it's fine point being the the waviness between reality and fiction and podcasting because that's a thing that not only has happened on accident it's happened intentionally oh yes Oh, yes. Um, And I should say, a while back, I talked to our good friend David Reinstrom over at Radio Drama Revival, which is a show that you should be subscribed to. If only because David Reinstrom is a perfect human being. 
he really is. Like, he is such a delight, but also it's a fantastic show. Um, on it, they have different audio dramas that they play. David interviews the creators. He is a fantastic interviewer. Just fantastic. Um, Our soul's real. <laughs> yeah, he, he asks these, like, intense, fantastic questions. But a while back, um, he interviewed me, actually, about um, that, that line between truth and fiction. We discussed it specifically in regards to both War of the Worlds and Radiotopia Showcase, uh, the Polybius Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, my opinion has gone through waves about the Polybius Conspiracy. But what I think is really interesting is that we've heard a lot more podcasts since then that kind of toe that line um, where it either is fiction parading as nonfiction, it is nonfiction parading as fiction in some way, or it's something that kind of blends the two and makes something new and different. Um, Mm -hmm. So Gavin, what... What is your experience with this blend of two different modes of storytelling? And where do you think, where do you consider the border between the two if if you think there is one at all? It's it's so complicated, Will. So Yes. <laughs> I'm a piece of trash who likes found footage movies sometimes. And one, a lot of people are like, I wish it was born in the 70s because 80s music was great. I wish I was slightly older so I could have been caught up in that early internet bullshit around the internet or around the Blair Witch Project. Because I know, me too. That, that was one of those perfect. And you know what? Now, now, as I grow older, I realize a lot of the stories about people believing the Blair Witch Project is direct lies from the people who made the Blair Witch Project seeding it throughout the internet. It could be that none of this happened, but I want to live in a world where it did happen, just like how there's that, you know, that one movie that's always from a country that people don't like, that's weird and racist, that killed someone because they were so scared of it. I mean, I do know that, like, it kind of ruined the main actress's life. Yeah. Like, people were, like, coming up to her in the street, screaming at her for things. And she was like, my dude, t'was fake. And they were like, yeah, but you did this and this. And she was like, well, <laughs> my dude, t'was This actually fake. ties accidentally perfectly into the latest episode of the Decoder Ring again. Yeah, please talk about that. So Decoder Ring talks about the uh, incunabula papers, basically before there was the concept of an of an ARG, an altered reality game, this guy for funsies made up this whole conspiracy about basically a, a science cult in the woods in New Jersey that builds a little sphere that you can use to use quantum physics to over to an alternate dimension. And then they set up this whole research facility on the other world and blah, 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 blah. And he used this automatic mail order system of basically like you pay and a Hong Kong mailing system, which makes it even more weird and spooky because your letters come from Hong Kong that would just mail copies of the story that he wrote masquerading as a pamphlet and then masquerading as like a manifesto about this thing. So there are people who are like, engaging with it ironically knowing full well this is fiction and it's just for funsies but then people started taking it seriously and it took on this whole new fucking level once the internet really took off to the point where he had to he tried to like in fiction end the game and that 
immediately made people go, well, obviously the game's not over because that's a clue. <laughs> uh, right. And therein lies the problem. I mean, you, you, you touched on uh, the Radiotopia Polybius thing, which I myself have not consumed. Um, so I can't oh, really speak really to. Oh, have you really not yet? I forgot. Oh, I would love I forgot to hear there was opinion. a podcast. I watched an hour. Oh, no, hour- no, 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 no. It's okay. I will I say like, there is a magnificent wanna- hour long documentary <laughs> about just Polybius on uh, YouTube that uh, oh, account called, that shit out. it's called Retro Hoy is the account. He is a graphic designer who makes these beautiful video. Like he does full hour plus long documentaries about like the origins of doom quake, like old video games. And he does a whole documentary about Polybius. So going so far as to, I believe, find the person who started the oh, myth shit. probably like oh, closest we'll ever get. Though also like, I don't want to talk about Polybius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I've, I've done it. Um, I think that it is very interesting. I would at some point, like, you know, just between the two of us, like I'd love to hear your opinions on it because again mine have gone back and forth i go between being furious about it and thinking that it's a really great piece of fiction um but yeah this episode of the dakota ring sounds really interesting and it, it makes me think of um on wordpress uh some of the analytics that they give you are like how people got to your site using search terms on google so for mine i get a lot of like the bright sessions review you know One of the most common, even above things like the Bright Session review, one of the most common is Rabbit's podcast reel. Yeah. So Rabbit, um, Rabbit's? Rabbit? I think it's Rabbit. It's plural. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to say my brain is so locked into uh, being wrong sometimes. I just typed Tannis for like... (laughs) I meant to search rabbits, <laughs> and I searched Tannis. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no. So, so rabbits is one of the Pacific Northwest stories um, podcast. It's by the creator of Tannis, so that makes sense. Um, it is one that I have a a very short review. Oh my god! It is the second result when you Google Pacific Northwest stories rabbits. Oh no, it's not a positive <laughs> review. Oh no, that stresses oh, me out. Really um, anyway, um, but that leads itself to uh, this discussion of there are a lot of podcasts, especially these found footage ones, mm-hmm. um, or you know, like hey, I'm somebody and I work at this radio station and I do this. Um, that really toe the line between, you know, I guess between being made to sound real and and being clearly fictional um gavin back when limetown was coming out was it was it really like i know you said the ads weren't in it when it was first the ads weren't in it and to my knowledge there were no credits anywhere to the point where i thought for like i don't know until like a year ago no actually until until the interview with with david because that's when i found the credits i was convinced that robert krulwich was playing max finlayson (laughs) like convinced um but no like people people genuinely thought that it was a real thing and people were like how have i never heard about this town was it just before my time um but those i will say while they sound non-fiction 
they're clearly fictional. Like, yeah. especially once you get into them, you know? I was going to say what? Archive 81 to this day, season one is presented as yeah, yes. real. But, but <laughs> it's Archive 81 uh, it, it, in its own way, it confesses to you that it is not real. By the same goes for the the Magnus archives as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. That you actually touched on one of the one of the most important things about creating a thing that is not real than claiming is real. In that Limetown happened just long enough ago that it's believable it happened, mm-hmm. um, especially before we know any of the mind mind based things. Uh, the actual Limetown shut down and burning of the of the stake and everything you could have missed that as a kid and you would believe that yeah much in the yeah. same way that and this is only because i literally did a podcast about this a month ago uh much in the same way that <laughs> the beginning of smoking the bandit claims that burt reynolds character is this cool fucker because he <laughs> he fred flintstone stopped a big rig barreling down a mountain in the pouring rain by just dragging his feet by claiming it happened (laughs) like 14 years before the movie started so uh in the 70s you could be like wow did that guy i mean is this based on a real thing uh i mean you'd be (laughs) monumentally stoned while watching this movie to believe that but still it's just far enough is that unlikely (laughs) you can start myth making so very easily by putting it not in 1880 1980 there you go like it's just far enough yeah. away that people might just believe they forgot about it um archive 81 is just yeah. like this happened this year <laughs> also uh literal war or literal actual demons <laughs> right right um i will say i have th- so this 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 genre this um, fictional, m- made to sound nonfiction. I have warmed to it a bit. There, I I do have issues with it as um, a storytelling device. I think that it is mm. immersive when it's done right, but I do think that it can also be misleading, which I I feel is a little bit manipulative. Um, but one thing that I think is really interesting is is we're getting more and more shows that kind of push against definition either way. Most notably, Gavin, remind me, have you started listening to Everything is Alive? I think I've only not heard... Let me check real quick. I've got my app open. I think I've only missed two episodes so far. Oh, they've been so... The last two, they've been so good. Ios is amazing. Oh, I, I really love Everything is Alive. Um. Oh, yeah. I got to Grain of Sand. I haven't done Jack-O-Lantern or Balloon yet. So, uh, oh, yeah. Balloon is so good. But no, it is such a beautifully constructed podcast. It really is. So I don't I mean, I maybe I shouldn't be giving away spoilers this soon. Um We can talk about the first the reason, couple of episodes. Oh, I was I was gonna talk about so I don't think it's I, I don't think it's a mystery that everything is alive is going to be one of my top rated podcasts of the year. Oh yeah. Um like I I never shut up about it. I think the, that it's the beautiful. end of Anna is oh, just yes. gorgeous storytelling. Yes. Yeah, so here's my dilemma, Gavin. In my head, this belongs on the fiction list. But but it is 
filled with like actual real information. It's not a scripted audio drama. It's an improvised uh, interview with somebody playing the, I guess, uh, personification of a an inanimate object. In my head, that's fiction, but I'm wrestling with that concept. It is um, difficult. Where do you think... Yeah, where do you think something like this lies? Well, for for those who don't know what everything is alive, it, just to touch on it real quick, yes. uh, Ian yeah. Shalog, uh, where does he work or who who is he known for working with? W- Ian Shalog is, is known most for working on Wait, We Don't Tell Me, which is NPR's oh, wait, wait, okay. weekly news game show. He also did How to Do Everything. And his whole... And he also did a fantastic column on NPR called Sandwich Monday back in the day that was the best shit in the world. Nice. And I miss it endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> so his uh, idea behind creating Everything is Alive is he, while he enjoys his job of researching actual stuff and interviewing people about things he has to interview them about, he wanted to he wanted to flex the muscles he uses during his day job, but for something fun, improvised, and just fun. Uh, so the basic concept is he is interviewing an in- inanimate I don't want to be this asshole, but like, it's also not just fun. Like, it does say really something beautiful. Huh? It, it does. It, that's the other thing. Like each episode says something and I don't know. Yeah. That's where I'm on the fence about the claim that the interviews are improvised. Like I, the, the, the what we are told is he researches a couple of things. Like a can of Coke is the first episode, or a can of off-brand uh, off grocery store cola. Uh, he did some research about cans of soda. The person who is being interviewed did a ton of research about cans of soda, and. The idea is that the inanimate object that can talk just has innate knowledge or they come up with funny improv reasons why they learned a thing. And (laughs) this can go on fun tangents, including actual interviews with real live people that are tangential to the story of this object, including checking to see if an eBay seller has radiation poisoning, which is really fun. I won't tell you which episode that's from, but that's really fun. Uh, And not in a, like, no, someone dies in this podcast kind of way. Like, it actually is fun. Um, I, you learn something, but as Chillog said when he was talking to Roman Mars in that I can't, either was on that feed or the 99% Invisible feed, um, the idea is you will go and Google to double check something you hear in everything is alive. I totally did too. Because the, the, the understanding is it's all, it's mostly fiction. So if you do hear something cool, go check it. And mm-hmm. with that, with that conceit, I am totally fine with calling it a fictional show. Yeah. Okay. Much in the same way. I stopped reading um, uh, Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter, because um, the author spent so much time learning to ape the biography style of this one Lincoln biographer who's like the best in the field that uh, a lot of the facts, the the, the not vampire-based facts I was reading were so engaging and were building such an idea of Lincoln in my head. I didn't want to read that before reading 
the actual biography of Lincoln, he's kind of <laughs> mocking because I don't want to learn a little fun fact that he made up to fulfill the vampire side of things. And I think it's real. Right. Um, everything is alive kind of walks that same line. And in that same way, I don't yeah. necessarily feel icky about presenting it as air quotes real. Like right, we, right. Also, it's not selling anything because that's my one hang up when there's a fictional podcast, when it's pretending to be a real world show a mm, little mm-hmm. too well, so much yeah. so it runs real ads. And that's, that's yes. I want to say, yeah. that sounds like a dig at Black Tapes. Black Tapes was completely fictional sounding. I don't want to say like, oh, that one. There are a few other like, everyone seems to want to ape NPR right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I think that because everything is alive is so clearly not a real thing. I would say that not only does it feel comfier than the ones that do try to sound like a real thing, it feels like it's genuinely doing something new and interesting to that line between fact and fiction. I think that it's blurring it in a very purposefully interesting, kind of subversive, fun way um, versus being used as a tactic to elicit something from the listener in as much as stakes go. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, what do you feel? I'm going to have to bring this back to S-Town a little bit. Of course. Because one thing that came up a lot in discussion of S-Town was... Well, S-Town is very literary, and it feels like a fiction. I there's, know. There's gold in his backyard. Gotta find that fucking right? gold. I know. So wh- what do you what do you think about... Um, so creative nonfiction um, is something that I, I studied a lot in college, and part of creative nonfiction is that... Um, Truth is subjective to the artist, and you need to focus on what is emotionally true to the moment that you are conveying without, like, you know, without, like, just outright lying. Yeah. How do you think that this this idea of emotional accuracy versus factual accuracy, how do you think that that plays into things like, um, like true crime right now or other sort of investigation or even human interest stories how do you think that line where do you think that line gets crossed over i and this is probably because i worked albeit in opinion on a school paper for a couple years and then was editor-in-chief of a newsletter pretending to be a school newspaper for a couple years before that uh I am very boringly on the line that like you like facts are facts and need to be presented as facts. Um, Not because I have a cynical people or idiots view of the world. um, But like there are things that if you rehash them over and over and over and over and over and through the game of telephone, you get one little fact wrong. It can spin off into this huge thing. Um, So when it comes to true crime, Whenever the story is performed as a story and the word sort, you know, sources say, 
according to like if there's no names or sources being thrown out i treat it entirely as fiction <laughs> like that is a hmm. fictional story oh cool golden state killer and sweet name i'll look into what actually happened kind of in the same way where you see like based on a true story in a horror movie Mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. you know like oh old old no ankles mcgee that scary ghost based on a true story and the true story is a guy broke his ankle like <laughs> so what if what if instead of a true crime because i i'm with you there i think that like yeah facts are facts come on now um what if it was something like a piece on this american life or snap judgment or the moth where telling a story as exactly just the facts not as entertaining you know it's not it's not right it's and it's not like it's not a journalistic piece you know so what do you think about the line there when do you think it becomes uh something past creative nonfiction into more fiction it's really tough to do that um yeah now because like everything's so verifiable you know like I I still I'm sure it will I'm sure Eric Larson will milkshake duck pretty hardcore sometime soon but uh I stand by Devil in the White City as being engaging creative nonfiction because so many of the things that he kind of flares artistically are either just pure editing or are things that no longer exist so we have to kind of fill in the blanks perfect example what there there was a point in Devil in the White City, where I literally, while listening to the audiobook, punched the air and went, Yeah. And it <laughs> there is this running plot thread about how the the World's Fair, that is a big like the book is about the first serial killer in the United States that we know of, who happens to be hunting next to where the World's Fair in Chicago is going to happen. And the architects of this World's Fair need a big, cool piece. The Eiffel Tower was this huge piece at the World's Fair in Paris, and they need to top that. To the point where Eiffel (laughs) himself proposed just building a bigger tower in Chicago. And they were like, "Eh, no. And the way Larson writes about it, he writes about this architect who proposes this damned fool idea of a weird contraption. That's all um, there's like dead load and live load and live load is something that's like moving and could snap at any moment. And dead load, is just like a pile of bricks. This thing is like 90% live load. It's wildly dangerous. It's never been done before, but it's huge. It's flashy. It's cool. This architect has to fight and fight and fight. And they finally pick him and it, he describes it as this giant spinning wheel. And the name of that architect was blah, da, da, blah, Ferris. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Ferris wheel. <laughs> like I was excited about finding out the origin of the Ferris wheel. And that was only exciting because of the, the way it was worded and the way he specifically doesn't tell you the guy's name until that last sentence of a chapter. Um <laughs> That is learning nice. about the first Ferris wheel. That is not the most important thing in the world, nor is it important really to the overall. It is important to the overall plot of Devil in the White City, but it is not necessarily. It does not affect talking about real people dying uh, and how they were brutally right. murdered. So that is okay to me. <laughs> I am cool with f- futzing around with that stuff. It's when we start dealing yeah. with 
it's when I think the line really is when you start dealing with things people died or suffered for uh, in some way. Okay, yeah. Like a guy, uh, think- a guy getting a parking ticket can be explored narratively, but then if that guy is shot like three days later, that's when you start like n- you need to be a little bit more careful. <laughs> yeah. Um. One of the podcasts that's been on my mind a lot is one that I listened to. It's so it's it's kind of an interesting interesting story how I found it. Um, when my interview with David went up on the Radio Drama Revival feed, I got an email um, from this podcast creator, and he was like, "Hey, this is going to be weird. <laughs> I listened to your episode, and I'm genuinely curious about what you would think about my podcast." You might absolutely hate it. I have no idea. And usually with these kind of things, like I I get so many emails all the time that like I can't respond to things like this. And I was super busy at the time. But something in my gut just told me like, hear this guy out. I don't know what it was. So his podcast is called Podcast Meander. Gavin, have you heard Podcast Meander at all? I have not. It is... One of the strangest, most visceral, borderline upsetting things I've ever... Not borderline. It's full-on upsetting uh, (laughs) things I've ever heard. And it is stunning. I mean, it is just fucking beautiful. Um, It's divisive, absolutely, because it is a rough listen. But basically, it starts out like a travel blog. And it's very clearly like a travel blog of a person trying to escape all of his problems and in the middle of a breakdown. And it's unabashed about that. And at least from the the get-go, it seems like this is a work of creative nonfiction or even just a work of normal nonfiction where he's just documenting what he's doing. And then eventually there are um, – he has a guardian angel – who was introduced and played by an actress. There is a fake phone conversation with Donald Trump. There is, there, it's really, really, really difficult to find the line between what is fact and what is fiction. Yeah. Um, but what I love about it is first off, what kind of what you're talking about, this is only about his own personal struggles with mental health. There's nobody else. He's not fucking with anybody else's story but his own. The other half of what I think makes it so powerful for me, such an incredible listen, is the fact and the fiction are all fucked up together, and it is exactly what it feels like to be in the middle of a complete breakdown. Like, it is so accurate to feeling, even if it's not even if it blends those lines, even if sometimes it completely fudges what's going on in real life or, you know, does things that are outlandish. It feels so accurate. And this is another one of those that I, I really struggle with how to categorize it because there are elements that are obviously fictional, but they all, to me, serve the purpose of the nonfiction because the nonfiction is, yes, about this this trip that this guy is taking but it is also about the experience of feeling that you know what i mean yeah so it's it's kind of in the middle of 
both to me. And and I think that that's fascinating. It, I think that this one, more than anything else I've ever heard, sits squarely between those two. Um, and I, I still, to this day, and I listened to it quite a while ago, I still have no idea how to categorize that. And I think I love that about it. I, yeah, I do notice I have it uh, the description page open in Pocket Cast right now. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And it, it describes itself as semi-fictional. Yes. And I like the I like the honesty so it does of that. Like, yeah, exactly. Like it's straightforward with what it is. Yeah. Cuz there's like it's th- really good. that that is what moves it from I a horror story like the Blair Witch Project that is just trying to get extra press. This thing is trying to become an actual piece of like art. Like there's something being expressed here. Uh, yes, exactly. It's used as a like it, it, the fictional side of it is a vehicle towards portraying a message, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily the factual truth, but the 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 truth, capital T, capital T, which is where you start getting into yes. gray areas with like true crime and horror and shit. But with something like right. this, far more respectable. <laughs> if yeah. that makes sense. Which is funny because I feel like. A lot of the very glossy, polished true crime would look at this and be like, wow, low art, you know, which I think is so ironic (laughs) and also inaccurate. Um, Podcast Meander is fucking beautiful. Yeah. If anyone wants a uh, more uh, well phrased and interesting discussion of my viewpoint, basically, uh, of like the importance of defining the difference between fact and fiction in the modern in our in our modern fake news era i highly suggest Mm. checking out it is a 15 minute video it is beautiful it's by captain disillusion who is a uh visual effects artist who debunks viral video he started out debunking viral videos that would um you know ufos or things like that uh or people claiming to do impossible things and he does that by dressing up as a superhero. So it's like kind of a, a like it's almost a child's mm. science television thing where he like he has silver uh, skin from like the cheekbone down. And the joke is that the human skin that you can see is actually the, the mask. Like that's what's fake about him. Um, and, and like that character is his foil through which he talks about things he's found on the internet that are fake that need to be talked about. And he, and the, uh, there's an episode called Ishirian stairwell deconstruction, which is him talking about a viral video that came out of a certain college campus about how one of the stairways breaks physics, where if you go up it, you come out the bottom of the floor. And if you go down the floor, when you, when you turn the corner, you're coming down the top. Uh, it is clearly fake, but also it is presented mm-hmm. in such a realistic way and it turns out it was part of this guy's master thesis to create a modern myth that um, there's still people who go to that college. Oh, that's neat, though. I like that. People still try to go to that stairwell to do the trick because <laughs> mm, they think yeah. it's real. Uh, and he made, I mean, like, this is a recurring thing throughout Captain Dissolution stuff, but the Assyrian stairwell, he does outright, like, talk about 
hey, we are in a, we are in a time and place where the line between reality and fiction is very blurred and things like yeah, your master's true. thesis about creating a modern myth from like 10 years ago this should be labeled as fiction. You should be crediting the actors yes, you hired yeah. to be in it because he pays, he spent like $20,000 on, on this film project oh <laughs> to make this video. Uh, and none of the people Get are credited. Get that money to podcasters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Captain Disillusion, Asherian Stairwell Deconstruction. Um, it, I mean, all of his shit's amazing, but that one specifically touches on that blur, that line a bit more. And that's something I watched recently to bone up for this. So are there any other uh, reality blurring shows we should talk about? Probably, but I think in interest of not being an hour and a half episode, because <laughs> yeah. if you let me, I'll just talk about this forever. Of course. Why don't we move on to our recommended listens? This we week? can. Wonderful. Um, do you want to go first? Okay, today I'm. Well, I'll start out with the one I teased. This one I have heard it two yeah. and a half episodes of so far, uh, but it is an adorable <laughs> podcast. It has been um, recommended by Amanda on the podcast problem server, and of liking mm-hmm. most of my posts on Twitter because Amanda's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me just get down to it because it's in the ends and i want to say the full okay so this podcast is creatively titled new england legends guess what it's okay. about <laughs> um france yes so the, well. the, the the construct of this podcast now is actually really tight like everything is everything is very um i to touch on it again it almost feels like like a children's educational thing from like, you know, like that when NBC was airing discovery cartoons, Mm -hmm. it just has that really uh, filed down. Like everything has a purpose feel. It is two guys who have an interest in the legends and rumors and stuff of ye olde times, new England. Like, like the first episode I listened to the newest one, the spectral moose of lobster Lake is them reading. (laughs) They read these old newspaper reports of these guys claiming that there was a 15 foot tall moose that was white and they would see it and they would charge at them and they would climb a tree and then it would disappear. Or uh, once people started hunting it, they would claim they shot it and then there was no blood. Uh, the The thing that makes this extra fun is it's not just two guys reading stuff about new england spooky or interesting new england history there's a little bit of audio drama sprinkled in and that they pretend to be walking to or at that destination and there's a little bit of audio there's just it's footsteps and brushwork and stuff like that like it's not full production and in that way it being not fully produced means there's always this disconnect of like this is not happening there's not going to be mm-hmm. like a jump scare where they die at the end. Like there's no goofs where they always right. find the thing. Um, but they always get like at least one actor to read a report. So like in the moose one, they read at, they get someone to read an account of a person who saw the spectral moose. Uh, there's one, the wicked witch of Monroe where Again, it's another instance of a woman who's single and old and no one likes her. Obviously, she's a witch. (laughs) Um, They get 
uh, uh, a voice actor to read supposed things from her about her say her cursing the baker or cursing a fisherman so he'll never catch a fish again um it's just it's got these little little you know extra flexes that you don't need in this podcast it's like 10 10 15 minutes an episode so it's a nice little morning commute bite um they even start every episode by saying uh we're gonna tell you something interesting that you can talk about today and then you learn a story from new uh, new england legends and then they just plug their patreon they made a spooky 2019 calendar you can buy like the ads aren't egregious they're heartfelt and it is just two dudes so like if you're tired of listening to that this is not going to fix anything but I do really respect that the way they present the show is they will do a little bit of that. One host doesn't know the thing, but after the host mm-hmm. says they're like, well, that's interesting. So I look that up because in reality, they both have really researched this and they both know everything. They just kind of pretend to not know things to make the conversation flow and be interesting. So with that, known going in you know there's never going to be like weird my favorite murder-esque hour-long tangents everything will just stay on track Hmm. and there we go yep would you like to hear my first one please so my first recommendation uh did you did you watch the animaniacs growing up yeah so hesitant no, I I was looking down at my phone, so I had to, like, move my mouth up to the mic. <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> so, The Animaniacs was a great show. Um, and the actors have been, like, trying to get some kind of a reboot started. Like, you know how there's the reboot coming of, of Daria? Um, there's the reboot coming of... There's some other MTV show, but there's, like... And the, and the Netflix reboot right of now. Animaniacs. Is that a thing that's happening? Yeah. Oh, did shit. I just did I just torpedo your pod? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah, um, none of the uh, just to just to ruin it a little bit more. None of the original writers were asked back. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, now that I've died in <laughs> um, so this is so that the actors got bored uh, between now and when that is happening. And started doing a podcast where it's based on Beautiful Anonymous, but it's Yakko and Dot. Um, and it's called Tuned In Dialed Up. <laughs> That's adorable. Isn't that a cute one? That's a good one. <laughs> that one comes from my husband. Of hey. <laughs> no, my, my first recommendation is No Bad Ideas. This comes from the Wolf 359 studio. Um, this is... Zach Valenti, Sarah Shackett, and Gabrielle Urbina, and they basically have half an hour in which they take something weird from the internet. They've done a few, like, Craigslist postings and spitball rapid fire until they make an... Oh! What? You may have just recorded a little bit of the Bon Appetit food yeah. And I'm not that... I'm not that sorry, Wait, honestly. They, have a podcast? <laughs> they do, and it's good of course it's good brad's not on it very often I, I you know anyway. what brad brad the luddite leone not being on a podcast is not <laughs> does not surprise me whatsoever <laughs> fair but anyways <laughs> they spitball ideas um 
really, really rapid fire until they come up with a comprehensive and interesting, compelling narrative that they would tell based on the story with the idea of like, there's no bad ideas. Like part of writing is to just kind of trust an idea and roll with it. And then the other half of the episode is them talking about writing, catching up with their um, recent projects, but then also talking about like the method. And especially right now with people in the middle of NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, or Rice Scrivember, which is write a script November, I think. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a great asset. Uh, it's a great writing podcast. It's brilliant. And it's also kind of a game show. It's very fun. So that is No Bad Ideas. And it is by Fear of Public Shame, which is the Wolf 359 studio. Also, uh, listener, if you're out there and you're doing NaNoWriMo this month, like you're doing a good job. You might be behind. I'm proud of you. You might be. You're doing you could good. have written 2,000 words in the last 15 days. I love you. You still kick ass. Like. That's amazing. That it is like the fact that you, that you're writing anything is a fucking leap beyond a lot of people, and creating anything yeah. period is an awesome thing. You're doing great. All right, so Gavin, what's your second recommendation? My second recommendation. You might have heard of this because they they worked alongside Ninety Nine Percent Invisible, which is kind of a frustrating thing on one end because hey, there's some more Roman Mars in the world, but also it means both podcast feeds upload the same fucking file so that week you don't get an episode of one of them technically um so uh with the with the popularity of lego spiking recently thanks to the amazing lego movie the amazing lego batman movie and the pretty good lego ninjago movie that i think people hated for no real good reason um there's been a lot of talk (laughs) about older lego sets that need upkeep and repair because when people were kids you know obviously like they lose pieces and shit and this one guy starts thinking about the cost of restoring some of his older sets that need pieces especially for his minifigures uh need replacing and he wants to do a podcast about the reality of having to shell out so much money to get all these different parts back it's called an arm and a peg That was actually pretty fucking cute. That was, that was pretty cute. That was a good one. <laughs> so my actual recommendation is An Arm and a Leg, the uh, podcast that uh, indeed the third episode is a yeah. joint with 99% Invisible, so it's technically hosted by Roman Mars, and I suspect edited by their people because it's the best one. I agree. It's really good. I just listened to this episode on the 99PI feed today, and loved it it was amazing but do tell fair warning when you dive back into the first two episodes the ones that he produces are a little rambly so the basic premise here is this guy is um he worked at a media company and had great health insurance like good shit so him his wife and his kid have or him and his wife sorry there's they, they talk about another couple that goes through a similar thing so i'm mixing up the build here so him and his wife had good health insurance have some pre-existing conditions um and they're covered like they don't have to pay anything they're doing fine and now that he's moving on from that job he's gonna lose his health insurance in 2018 so or in 2019 and he's having to face the reality of there's not like he has a heart condition that he's fine but he has to get yearly checkups and it has to be done with specific tech that there's only one place in chicago where he lives that does that 
And guess who's not in any uh, healthcare.gov networks at all? So you'd have to pay out of pocket for all of it. <sighs> yeah. Um, so he, he made this show with the specific goal of getting normal, almost everyday people, like all the people he's talked to have had these huge world-changing stories so far, so that's kind of a drop thread. But the idea is he's talking to people and getting real-world stories about how healthcare sucks in the United States and how it's a huge stress and a huge drain on people to create the sense of like community because we're all fucked. <laughs> like that's the problem. Like yep. shit. I'm sitting here right now. I th- I I have a number that says if I don't earn more than this number, I get to keep my healthy Indiana plan insurance, which is pretty fucking I have submitted the forms that need to be submitted. I know I didn't earn more than that number, but there's still something deep inside me that's like, what if? Because <laughs> it's a hell of a thing going from $20 a month for health insurance to $235 fucking dollars a month. Thank you, healthcare.org. Fuck off. So Arm and a Leg is about healthcare. The first episode talks to someone who uh, she had to move to a completely different state just as her daughter is ending her final year of high school as her son is starting his first year of college she's missing literal important life events because she got a job Mm -hmm. that gives her amazing health insurance not even good pay she had to crash on someone's couch for a year and a half but she had fucking great health insurance and it kept her her husband and her two kids afloat just as basically everyone got sick like that's some of the shit we have to do in this country and i i know that makes the podcast sound like a bummer but it is presented in this upbeat like we're fucking in this together kind of way and the host is eternally chipper and if anything the 99 percent invisible edit of episode three makes him sound a little makes reins him in <laughs> a little bit <laughs> uh, so yeah you might have heard yeah. and what's that one called this again? one is called an arm and a leg and that's that's the feed you look for Great. uh if you want to get it outside of 99 pi the episode of 99 pi we're talking about by the way is the one called orphan drugs um yeah. it doesn't say like featuring an arm and a leg in the title or anything so if you're yeah, listening no. months later that's the one you should go look for yeah it's fantastic so what's your second oh. recommendation? Oh, wait, you gave your second, didn't you? Or did you give your... Shit. I started. No, I think I only you get, did you did first, the You did I? the pun and then a real one. All right. I did the pun. <laughs> okay, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me a second. Go listen to The Dream. It's a really good show about multi-level marketing. Yeah, uh, it's almost over. I, no, I can't. You've already done it. Um, you know, actually, up that same alley, though, I'm going to talk about Dream Boy. Dream Boy. So, Dream Boy is a new um, audio fiction that's coming out of Nightville Prison. Oh, that's it. Um, it is, yeah, it's so strange. It's so surreal. It is really hard to put into words. So, here's what I can say. If you like the idea of an audio fiction that is largely inspired by music composition, both in its style and in its production, there is a lot of music in it, and it's beautiful. Um, if you want something that very much plays with a dreamlike feeling, if you're okay with conversations about the dick, um, Dream Boy is really great. It is super not safe for work. (laughs) I just realized that, Gavin, this is maybe the first time you've heard me say the dick like that out loud. 
Um, <laughs> you could have said anything else, and it wouldn't have been funny. The intonation of of the pause and then the dick. Jesus. I'm not wrong. That was perfect. That was perfect delivery. Thank you. That was ten times better than the fucking bug cum discussion on Wonderful this week. Oh, God. Hey, content warning, by the way. Wonderful's also By the way, McElroy content is usually not safe for work, so it's your own fucking fault. But if the first 15 minutes of this week's Wonderful episode, nah, (laughs) you might want to chill. Also, warning mouth sounds because Griffin... Mouth Griffin sounds. imitates the uh, the ice cream taster like thing that H three H three made super popular. I thought it was funny, but I also recognize that there are people for funny. whom They're mouth sounds disgusting. kill them. That's it's me. weird because there are mouth <laughs> sounds that will just drive me up a fucking wall, but the lip thing is not for some reason. Uh, anyway, oh, continue no, talking but, about so Dream for, Boy. For, yes, <laughs> yeah. So Dream Boy is about. <laughs> Dreamboy is about um, a musician who leaves New York City, moves back to Cleveland, uh, works at a zoo that's also kind of like a theme park. There is a zombie, not a zombie, a zebra. A zombra. <laughs> there is a zombra. Um, there is a zebra there that um, harambeed and killed somebody. <sighs> and they... First you say the dick. <laughs> and like... then you use harambe as a verb. I don't know you anymore. <laughs> Again, I just want to point out, I'm not wrong. <laughs> so the zebra kills some, kills a kid, and the the zoo doesn't want to pay the money to pay the legal fees to keep it alive, so they're going to euthanize it. But then also the the lead character is getting these nightmares. Um, it is so strange. It is an absolute journey, and it is just a delight to listen to. So that is Dream Boy. And there are only two episodes. No, there's three, right? Is there only two out? I Okay, so in advance, I should say, I listened to three copies early. I listened to three episodes early uh, yeah. for review no, purposes. They're, they're... Um, so I might have heard more. Uh, yeah, the second one came out on the 5th, so I assume oh, one, one will be, be coming, coming out, out soon. soon. Uh, but I did just want to say, you yeah. just talked about a lot of plot and the third is actually like, even my in the third, uh, even with the idea that you heard three episodes, you just talked about what could be a season of something like Greater Boston. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Like it's so dense. There is so much shit going on, and you have to listen really closely because it kind of like goes off on tangents. Again, it's very, very, very dreamlike and very surreal and hilarious. Um, and I, I just am really enjoying it. I think that it's something incredibly unique. glad to hear it. Yes. Me- Dream Boy, Nightville Presents. Meanwhile, I'm over here listening to that Justin McElroy Empty Bowl cereal podcast. Okay, it's also good. It's very cute. <laughs> we we went from having no like kid oriented sweet cereals to there is a let's see there's a mostly empty now box of Reese's Puffs and a box of peanut butter Captain Crunch just chilling on top of the fridge, and they're parked next <laughs> to multi grain with oats Cheerios like. As if, as if, they, as if the Cheerios deserve nah. to be there. Poor Cheerios. They're not that bad, actually. But that's the thing about multigrain. Anything is you yeah. you start off by saying it's not that bad. All right. Uh, now we wrap it up by plugging All stuff, right. and I think we should hit one more. We're gonna break the Amanda McLaughlin. You get one rule yes. from the sound up. 
can be found on the front page yes, of dialed up podcast at wordpress.com if you are producing something that fits within the very generous parameters of very, very gen- like if you think you probably can want to do it you probably can do it yeah are you making an ongoing podcast yes i've got good news <laughs> do you, for you have stuff out yes no we are yeah. ta- we are taking on board <laughs> fiction nonfiction, whatever you want it is totally up to you yep. the only thing is you got to be open to you know constructive criticism not we're not going to dunk on you but there will be you know an open conversation no. about your work and how you make it and there's mm-hmm. just all the details are in that post on dialed up podcast at wordpress.com there will be a link to it yep as a reply to the tweet i send out for this episode so that'll be there the deadline Perfect. is the end of november so you've got a few days <laughs> i know this is also one of the busiest times of year for a lot of people so sorry didn't really think about that but hey you still got some week a little bit after thanksgiving yeah you've got time also if you want to participate and dig back on will's podcast problem server in the flavor town food discussion uh, uh, section of the server there's a pinned post it is a poll of of what is the best thanksgiving food leftover that i made it currently has 108 <laughs> votes mashed potatoes are winning because there is some justice in the world several people have voted corn and i want to know no. what went much, much like justin mcelroy on the float for a spider parade some people aren't looking how cool is your day how cool is your day that corn is the thing you're excited for the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. Um if you if you celebrate um Thanksgiving, yeah. happy Thanksgiving, and listeners. Um it's a racist bad shit holiday, but it has some good food and I love you and I'm thankful for you. Quite frankly, in my world, Thanksgiving is we just go, oh fuck, we gotta cook. And then like there's just a day where everyone has to go eat <laughs> like this. There is no yep. holiday yep. to it here in the yep. Midwest. Walmart actively is trying to get me to buy Thanksgiving decorations, by the way. It's adorable. No one's buying them, so they're sending no. me push notifications. No. no. If people <laughs> want to find me, because I just talked over you, so I'll have to edit that out, and therefore it'll sound like you didn't prompt me. <laughs> if people would like to find me, Will, they can find me at on Twitter at the pod report t-h-e-p-o-d-r-e-p-o-r-t i think my name right now is set to the podcast grinch which is pretty fitting the yes. newest post on the pod report.wordpress.com is a 1700 word review of the newest animated version of the how the grinch stole christmas it was really good <laughs> so yeah that's the newest post on my nice. podcast website that makes sense uh if you <laughs> want to find will where can people do that wait gavin what's your podcast website you just gave it a perfect lead-in, and you did not give the URL. Oh, I thought I gave the URL during the lead-in. ThePodReport.wordpress.com. There we go. Thank you. People can find me on Twitter at, at WillWWrites. That's W-I-L-W underscore rights. You can find me at WillWilliams.reviews. You can find me on the podcast host. You can find me on Discover Pods. You can find me all over the place. Mostly, though, Twitter. And Gavin, where can people find the show? People can find the show on Twitter at TunedInDialedUp. T-U-N-E. Oh, fuck it. You know the name of the show. At TunedInDialedUp. Our website is, again, <laughs> dialeduppodcast.wordpress.com, where you can find us. I will ask you to go out and rate and review any show you like on iTunes today, if you have time. Like, Because I am a podcast yeah. reviewer. I have written 
really long ass podcast reviews and I loaded up god awful fucking hate it. I loaded up iTunes for the first time in forever. Turns out I've only reviewed four shows. <laughs> so I started <laughs> fixing that today. I bet there are a lot of people out there who also like me fucking hate iTunes as a program. I know it's it's a horrible thing, but if you can suck it up for a little bit, reviews do help. <coughs> uh also, one last little factoid. For those of you who've been listening uh, to hear anything about the sci-fi uh, sitcom audio fiction I'm working on, uh, I have a launch date. I'm not going to tell you, but it's going to happen. So <laughs> so you can just stay listening for that because, of course, I'm going to retweet the shit out of myself. Yeah. Will, thank you so much for spending an hour of your <laughs> evening you. with me. Uh, thank you, listener, for spending an hour this of your lovely. day with us. We really appreciate you. Thank you, listener. I love you. Whether or not you're participating in, in NaNoWriMo or if you're making a sandwich or folding laundry, you're doing a good job. Keep it up. I'm proud We're all of proud you. Of here. Also, bye. <laughs> bye. And then we Jerry Springered it. <laughs> you know, Will, I think the true meaning of today's conversation. <laughs> <laughs>